it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome to Habits You Love, a thought-provoking podcast about self-love, self-healing, and spiritual evolution. I'm Kayla Fazio, the host, and I take you on the journey of my own trauma healing and share real, raw, and authentic life situations. My mission is to expand your mind to what you think is possible for you and provoke thoughts of looking at your own healing you may need and help you discover the power you have within you to build healthy habits and create a life you love. If you haven't yet, click the follow button and leave a review. Also, check out my website, www.habitsyoulove.com, where you can find even more resources, healing practices, and support. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Habits You Love. I am so, so excited for today's guest. Today we are talking with Ashley Legg, one of my good friends, but I will give the rundown of who she is. She is a founder of Leg Day Fitness. Ashley is a life artist helping people create the life they love through mindful eating, movement, and passion for life. Ashley has coached thousands of people to their health goals. Formerly a news journalist for NBC affiliates across the country, she utilized her media skills to evolve her personal brand with a focus on health and human connection. She has also spoken on the TEDx stage about facing fears, vulnerability, building meaningful relationships, and seizing opportunities. Ashley can empathize with life's struggles and continues to inspire people to take control of their mind and body to ultimately feel their best from the inside out. Ah, I love it. That's just a part of the list. I could, we could talk about Ashley for sure. That's a short, (laughs) short list. But yeah, I'm so excited. So, okay, let's explain how we met. And I always like to get like, okay, you say how we met and then I'm going to say it and then let's see like how comparable they are. (laughs) Yes, I know. It's so crazy. So I found Scott Doe in Oklahoma City because I wanted to compete in bodybuilding competitions and he was the guy. He was the it coach. And so I started training at his gym. And that's when he introduced me to Kayla and our other girlfriend, Stacy. And he basically was like, you need to meet these girls because you guys are going to click and you guys can train together. And he would just tell me like how in shape you guys are and you guys have competed. So we just had a lot of mutual interests. And that's how it started. And I feel like it was just like so normal. Yeah. Like there was no like awkwardness. It was like, hey, you want to train together? And then it just happened and then it was a priority every single day for 
months and years, <laughs> pretty much every day. And then eventually our gym relationship blossomed and we came closer and closer. And Kayla and I became the biggest travel buddies. We've been to like more places together than we've been with like other people, which is kind of bizarre because in the grand scheme of things, we've been friends since like 2014, 2014, 2015. So that's like a big milestone, I think, for us. Okay, well, that's the exact explanation I would have too. <laughs> yeah, same. The trainer that I had, I think I had already done a competition. I don't think I was like training with him specifically, but I was going to his gym still. And yeah, same. He was just like, I'm about to train this girl for a fitness competition. Like you and Stacey should meet up with her. And yeah, oh my gosh, we, it was so fun. I mean, you will get to this in a second, but you know, you were like documenting everything. So then it became, it became fun for me because it would be like, we would go to the gym and we would record each other's workouts or we would take videos and and pictures. And then it just became this fun little, like, I'm so excited to go to the gym. (laughs) I don't know. So we got to dress cute. We got to have a plan. We would have donuts and deadlifts. I know we'll have to do a, you know, a whole girl's podcast one day but same thing happened with Stacy like he was like all right you got to meet Stacy and I kind of knew who she was and I was like okay and then I did and then what was funny is that I think like I was friends with you separately from her for a little bit so I was like separately with you separately with her and then I was like we should all meet and so we all did and then that was when all the magic happened we would literally meet every day so yeah explain like your schedule because we would have to meet when you got off work, which is crazy. Which was like really nice that you guys had the flexibility at the time because I was literally crawling by the time I got to the gym and then I would have an energy boost because of you guys. But I was a news reporter for the early morning show at K4 in Oklahoma City. So I was on the 5 a.m. show, but I had to be at work by 4 a.m. because I was reporting on location. So I basically would go to bed at like five at night. I'd have to wear an eye mask. And my husband and I lived in a one bedroom studio at the time. So he would have to watch TV with headphones and like black out the windows. I'd wear an eye mask and then my alarm would go off around two. And then when I started competing for bodybuilding shows, I would do fasted cardio before work. So I'd get to four-star fitness. I was the only one there. I was always so scared, like looking around, like before I put my key fob in. Oh my gosh. Because there was like a homeless population on that main Broadway. And so anyway, so then I would do fasted cardio. Then I'd go work from 4 a.m. until like one. And then I would just text you guys and say, okay, I'm on my way. And you guys would meet me. So it was definitely a very, strenuous schedule but at the time fitness was my positive outlet it made everything better and then to have like you ladies be a part of that journey was just great because I had a you know friendships blossom too so it was a win-win yeah what you just said is interesting about it probably did make it more enjoyable to get to the gym whereas if you were just doing it solo I can't imagine you'd be like oh my god I have to go to the gym yeah and I I don't think I don't think it would have worked and I think Stacy was working nights too Yeah, that like middle of the day time just worked for all of us. I was working at home. I was like, you know, I could just go and come whenever. But (laughs) that was when I was in the best shape of my freaking life. Because you were all three of us, we just pushed each other so hard. I mean, there was no limits, honestly. It was like, how much can we do? Like, how much can I put on this rack? How much weight can I lift, you know? And it was weird too, because obviously our friendship has blossomed to, you know, where we like to travel, we like to have fun, we like to go out. But at that time of our lives, we didn't have a going out life together. We were just like strictly kind of like healthy friends, like gym friends. We had lots of conversations, obviously, but the like nightlife situation wasn't a part of that time. So I feel like that even helped us (laughs) maintain our progress so much better. 
exactly. Yeah, we still, you know, had our separate social friends. I mean, there's yes. still a lot of friends that you have that I don't know. I, I even remember we were, you know, pretty close. Like you said, we just talked at the gym and you were talking about how you wanted to get engaged. And then like the next time I saw you, you were engaged. So like, I don't remember when you got engaged. It was in, it was in the spring okay. of Okay, so that must have been we kind of we were probably a couple months into into meeting. So we weren't close enough for you to call me and be like, hey, I got engaged. Yes. So anyway, so you got engaged. And then I don't remember how it started. I do remember we do have some pictures going out in Oklahoma City. But we went to we went out one time at the Plaza District. And I think that's when like then we're like, oh, my gosh, okay, we have a lot more in yes. common than just the I mean, gym. We did the like, salsa dancing. Yeah. Yes, we got dressed and up. The and then we went to the thrift store and all got dressed up in like 80s and yeah. like took pictures. I remember that night. It was so fun. And then I think after that, it was like, yep. all right, game over. Like, yeah, these are my girls for life. <laughs> totally. So let's talk about obviously you came into the gym wanting to do a fitness competition. So what was like your background with working out up until that point? And then why did you decide to do a fitness competition? My personal fitness journey started in 2011 when I started CrossFit. I mean, I've been active in my whole life I did cheer and dance but CrossFit is really when that like passion ignited like oh wow I can really transform my body but at the time I was like more into muscle building and like carb loading and like being strong and then I don't know where it came from but I think I saw just like I saw someone's progress I know Paige Hathaway was a big big fitness icon in Oklahoma City so I saw that she competed and like something spiked that interest like I want to transform my body that way. Like it's feminine. It's like grinding, but not as like strenuous as CrossFit. And I wanted to shape my body differently. And I had just moved to Oklahoma City by myself for the first time, taking on my big girl job reporting. And I wanted to do something that I could occupy my mind with, that I could take care of my mind and body um, in addition to like this life transition. So that's how that happened. And I just knew I wanted to do it. And I committed and I started out with a different coach before Scott. And it just didn't work. So then when I found out Scott, I called him and I was like, please like take me on. Like I promise I will be awesome. And he was so busy all the time. Like he really couldn't take on too many fitness competitors. Um, but after that, it was just like I was in and I ended up doing three competitions back to back to back, which was great because I progressed each time and learned that I didn't have to be as like psychotic on the Stairmaster as I was the first time. Like I just like lived on the Stairmaster the first time. And then I got better kind of knowing my body and being able to understand how it was changing so that I could be a little less aggressive, but still bring my best package on stage. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you were you were very, very dedicated. And it was nice that Scott did have, he had other people doing competitions. So it was nice that we would, you would get in a group, I think, right? Like you kind of do everyone yes. together, like the posing and all that. That's what I loved about it. There was a group of us that were just doing it with him. And I only did one. And again, same as you, I just was like, Scott was like the one that I had heard of and I just called him up because I wanted to do a certain show and it was really short amount of time away. And I was like, okay, like with what I have right now, <laughs> like what do you think about doing the show in like seven weeks? And he, we did it and it was awesome. And I had so much fun and like same, I just like loved the way my body felt. Like I feel like if I, mm -hmm. I just was so light, like so much energy, so light as a feather. And I also love the time management and the structure of it. And you're already, you're already so good about structure and time management, but like everything was just like boom, 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 boom. I was so routine. Mm -hmm. I'm a very routine 
routine person. And it was just like awesome. And I loved it. It was so much fun. I never did another one. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I would. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So honestly, that's where my discipline came from. Like I've always been you know, very regimented, but like when you're competing, because you know, you have to be on a, in a bikini on stage, like you really cannot mess around. There is no wiggle room. because it's a lot of pressure. And at the time I was a news reporter, people knowing that I was going to be in a bikini put even extra like outside pressure. So like, I never felt a high like that in my life where like you have a goal and there is nothing that can stand in your way. You know, there are pros and cons to that kind of discipline. Like Ryan and I, my husband didn't go on a date for two years because I didn't want to eat out and I didn't know how to handle it because I was working on my body. So I do kind of regret situations like that. I wish I would have given myself a little more time between shows to like enjoy life. But if he could handle me at that that very hard stage, then I think we're going to make it for the rest That's of our lives. That's why you get married probably if you guys made it through that. Probably. I'm like, you are a trooper. But and on that note, I'm competing again. I really want to compete after babies. So I feel like maybe 40s or like, well, you won't be closer to 40 than I will, but I do think the we masters. should all be together. Even, even Rachel said she was. So <laughs> Stacy, you, me, and Rachel, let's just all compete and then go out and party after. I had to mute my mic for that <laughs> laugh. Oh my God. <laughs> Love your rage. <laughs> Rachel's going to need to start a couple more weeks out than we do. <laughs> Rachel's got to start building more exactly. now. Exactly. She's got a carb load. Oh, my gosh. So fun. I mean, so yeah. wait, how old, How much older are you? I'm 32. So I'm 35. So, so well, we I'm, could do like the 30. Isn't like a 35 to 40s section? Yeah. I think there that. is. So I'm honestly I'm considering like wanting to do it after this yes. baby arrives, which is February, yeah. and then I'll breastfeed hopefully until August, which is six months. And then I'm thinking I'll give myself some time to recover and then yeah. kind of start the process. I think that would be That'd like be a perfect. Really fun that would goal. be really fun for sure. And now we know exactly what it takes. It's for me, yes. it's just deciding, honestly. If I decided exactly. right now, I could 180 change my, my habits and my lifestyle. <laughs> so yes. Yes. I love that. Okay, well, I do remember, obviously, we got closer and you were doing your competitions. And I do remember, you know, it started to kind of affect your, your body a little bit. So kind of talk about, I know you said, you already said that you were really quote, psychotic, <laughs> you use that word, <laughs> and aggressive with it. I know, I probably shouldn't use that word, <laughs> no. but aggressive just, is a better word. You were just very word, dedicated. But... Um, so yeah, so talk about more like how you think that affected affected your body and what are the things that you struggled with through that? I think it was just the pressure of like, I have to be the leanest. I have to be like exposing as much muscle as I can underneath. And I didn't really know the difference between like, okay, there's a point where you can be too lean and then you just look, you know, deflated completely and your muscles don't pop through. And like, you look more like, you know, just, just not like full and muscular. You just look kind of shriveled. And so my first show, I did look like that. And it was because I didn't know what to expect. So I, I would did 16 week prep and that's a long time. And at one point I was doing like two hours cardio a day. Like that is just too much. And then eating low carb. So I definitely learned a lot from that. And, you know, it was guidance from your, my coach, but also it was like me doing probably more than I should mm -hmm. have, like on my own time. So now that like when I went through that, I was able to like be on stage at a higher weight. So for example, just for numbers, I was like 112 
the day of my first show, I sit 130, like healthy and happy and hormones balanced. So at 112 pounds, I did not have a period. Yeah, I remember you lost your period um, for a little bit. I lost my period. I mean, I was just so frail. Like my husband, when he like hugged me and cuddled me that night, he's like, it, literally I was holding a skeleton. Like he was just like, it's too, it was too much. He didn't tell me that at the time, but after, because he knew that I was kind of like emotionally invested into this competition. So anything would have like triggered me in a wrong way. But later on, he was like, it was just, it was bad. And so um, by my second show, I was 118 pounds, which was a big difference. And I placed higher. And then on my third show, I was 120 pounds. So to be able to be lean and still be at a higher weight was way more healthy. But yeah, I think I just took it too far. I prepped for too long. My body reacted very fastly because it was the first time. It's just like, you know, when an 18 year old is training in the gym, they have newbie gains. Like they can transform their body significantly because your body doesn't really know that journey. So that's what happened to me when I was competing. I got affected so much that I lost too much weight. And like I placed 10th place that first show. So um, I definitely didn't have the package that I needed. So it was good motivation to learn. But like, I also realized I created some unhealthy habits, like really depriving myself, I should have kept in like carbs longer, I should have had more treat meals. But like, I was so disciplined. I was like, I'm not even going to take my treat meal this week, because I don't need it. I'm zoned in when I probably should have and like waited to kind of cut stuff like that until way closer to the show. So yeah, mentally, I was feeling like strong, excited, ready. My body wasn't exactly where it needed to be. I was disappointed at my placement, but it helped me really take better actions the next prep. So I was proud that, you know, you got to go through something to kind of learn through it to, to make changes for the next time. Yeah, so that's crazy. So what was the motivation behind you wanting to do a second one after you didn't exactly love how you placed in the the experience maybe of the first one. So what made you want to do the second and the third one? I think it was just like wanting to prove myself wrong that I can do this. I can place better. Plus, I just loved the discipline. I loved how my body like, like I was probably in better shape like a month out before the show. So I was like, okay, this is awesome. Like I felt so confident in a swimsuit. I so I felt so confident. Like if you look back at the videos that I documented, just like posing and like how I was preparing my food and just talking. I felt like my confidence was just like eluding out of everything I was doing because I knew that I was in control of like my actions. I was committing to something and not giving up and I was seeing and feeling the changes. So it was like just good motivation to be like, all right, I'm going to do this again and I'm going to place higher. I'm I'm going to prove people wrong because, you know, again, like I was on the news. So I had a lot like the, co- the judges knew who I was, um, people who were competing new like people come up to me like I watch you on the news so it was like just this like pressure and I was like oh I didn't do that good the first time but I'm gonna come back and do better the second so it was just like a nice motivation yeah I remember you blogged a lot you blogged your vlogged actually like your entire experience and I remember you had some issues with your work and it was kind of this constant battle of like hey I'm doing this this is my personal life but they kind of kept coming back at you if you're comfortable and want to talk about talk about that. Yes. So I haven't actually really talked about that. It was a big, hard part of my life because, you know, Oklahoma is a very conservative, conservative state. And I was, I was a news reporter. So you're known to be polished, put together, not too revealing, like that sort of thing. And then obviously when I'm competing in a fitness competition, 
if you're in that field, you know what that entails. But from the outside, people are like, oh, she's just prancing around in a swimsuit, you know? So I had some judgment. I would get called into the office often and just I about like, every I week. I feel like you were like, I had to go to the office today. They're saying I'm <laughs> saying too much or I'm talking or revealing too much. It was crazy. I know. I felt like I had a target on my back. So I guess just some people can't handle that thing. It was just a conflict of interest. I don't know, but I got it approved. So that's why I did it in the first place. And then it was kind of just like a target on my back the rest of the time. And honestly, I ended up being unhappy in my job and I ended up leaving my career. And I feel like if I would have had more support in that area, and if I wouldn't have gone through that, like being felt like I was doing something wrong all the time and not being able to shine as a reporter because I was doing this other thing, I probably would still be reporting. But it got to the point where, you know what, my passion moved from reporting to wanting to help people create a healthy version of their lifestyle because I knew what it was to be too aggressive. I wanted to find that happy balance. And that really fueled my decision to leave my career. And that was in November. It was literally Thanksgiving of 2016. And then I got my certification through NASM and I started taking on clients in 2017. I launched my business in March of 2017 and I've been here ever since. And honestly, I cannot imagine it any other way. Like this is what I'm destined to do. So it was a blessing in disguise, but I would never trade how I like, you know, went to Oklahoma, got that experience and then found this, like everything worked out how it was supposed to. I met my husband there, got engaged there, adopted my dogs there, like everything happened there. So it was meant to be, but yeah, it was interesting because I went to college for reporting journalism and media studies. I never thought that I would be doing something else. Yeah. Or owning your own business or, and like, like, like you said, I was going to say it was a blessing in disguise. If you would have had a good experience with the news, and they were like fully on board with you. You like you might have never left, but since that they were like, eh, just like you know th- that contrast between this is my desire and what I love to do, and then like this this is what I have to go in and do every day just to make money. Then it became a little little complicated. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, it felt like I got pushed out a little bit, but you know when you hit rock bottom, that's when you usually find a way to come out on top, and that's exactly what happened. And. I'm just glad my family and friends supported me at the time because at the time my husband wasn't making that much money. We we had like, you know, both had smaller incomes and it was a big risk. But I had support of like my parents still at the time. And they're like, we'll help you through if you really want to do this. And it ended up just working. So we are here. I love (laughs) it. I know. I was so excited. And it was cool. Yeah, it was cool for me to see because I went through that same thing. Like I had my corporate job and I was going to work. But then I was the most happy when I was off of work and doing what I really love to do. And then I did my fitness competition. And then that's when people started asking me for advice. And then I helped my sister get her transformation. And then I posted it. And then it was like, boom, like skyrocket. That's how my business started. So it was cool to see you kind of go from like a hobby to like, oh my gosh, I actually love this. Oh my gosh, I think I could actually make this my career. So, and you are a big inspiration for that too, just like knowing, like, okay, this is, you know, she can do this. Like, you started over and you had like your brand was so big. It still is like it really exploded during that time. So it was fun to go through it together. And you were like my number one supporter too. Like, yeah, you can do this. Oh my gosh, for sure. That was so fun. So what, after the competitions, you know, the three competitions, you had some whatever issues you had with your body, maybe some struggles. What measures did you take to get back 
to that balanced lifestyle that you have now and like how long did it take and what was that process of going from where you were when you ended your third competition or when you finally like threw in the towel with competitions to where you are now? I knew that my husband and I wanted to start getting pregnant after we got married. So we got married in June of 2016. So my last competition was two weeks before my wedding, which was perfect because I was in the best shape of my life in my dress and I felt great and confident. And that's when I knew that that door was going to close for a while. So you knew that was your last one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I kind of made a deal with Ryan too. I'm like, all right, I'm done after this, (laughs) even though at the time I didn't want to be done. But um, I didn't know how long it was going to take us to get pregnant. And that's when my life changed in the sense that I started battling infertility. And this goes back and I don't know if this was a factor. It's actually something I've had to work through through therapists and like, you know, through my infertility journey, like did I cause this by competing and, you know, causing an imbalance in my hormones, I lost my period. And yes, it could have been a factor. But my doctors are like, you've gotten your period back, you have had, you know, frequent cycles, like you, you have to let go of that. And if that was a factor, but now like your body's working again. So I had to let go because I had a lot of guilt. Like, wait, did I cause my infertility just because I was competing in fitness competitions? So that was really hard There's so many people that battle it that don't do competitions, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So I think that was like a personal thing, but you know, it took us a long time. So we started actively trying after we got married, but I still didn't have my period at the time. So I ended up getting it like a few months later and we tried for a year. And that's usually what OBs recommend. You try to get pregnant for a year and if something doesn't work, then you need to have, start having conversations about next steps. So we are coming up on the year of trying and we got pregnant and it was like, you know, so exciting. We're like, okay, it's finally happening. And we miscarried at five weeks. So it was very early, but it was still like very traumatizing because you get excited and like you have all these plans, you're making plans and then, and then it's gone. So that was scary, but I, you know, I shared, I ended up sharing that I had a miscarriage and realized that I was not alone. There were so many other people that went through it. So I kept fighting. I was like, okay, we're going to keep trying. And we got pregnant again. So that first one was in February. The second one was in July. We made it to nine weeks that time another miscarriage. And I was just like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And that was the hardest miscarriage because I needed medicine to assist the miscarriage because, which technically is an abortion, because my body wasn't discarding it naturally. So I needed to take an injection. My doctors thought it was like a matter of like, we don't know if this is an ectopic pregnancy, which could be in your tubes. So if we don't do this now, they could burst and you could bleed out. So it's like, I really didn't have a decision. Um, And so I had to take the medicine. So then it's like, I was just waiting to miscarry and it was just, it was horrible. It happened like 48 hours later. And I was like literally living on the toilet because blood was just like gushing out of me. And my husband was just like, didn't know what to do. And it was like chunks. It wasn't just like a period. It was like something was wrong. So I was like very traumatized. We kept trying and we got pregnant another time. And this was actually when we, we were finally at our fertility clinic, but they were tracking my periods and still like when I was ovulating, then they would have my husband and I try. And got pregnant again. And this one was a very early miscarriage. Like basically it implanted and then went away. So that was a whole year of miscarriages. Three in a year. And then, Mm. yeah, three in a year. And then after that, we decided we were going to move forward with IUIs, which is an insemination process before you can even be a candidate for IVF through our insurance. We have four failed IUIs. So what does that entail? So that, so they, I would 
take hormone stimulants to stimulate my eggs and make them more mature so that when you ovulate, they release eggs. And then they would take Ryan's sperm. He would go give a sample that morning. When I ovulated, then they would put a catheter through my uterus and push his sperm Mm -hmm. into my uterus to hopefully have the sperm be closer to meeting my eggs. So basically it was just a little bit, they call it a turkey baster. Yeah, that makes sense. Getting it as close as they can until hopefully they meet. But that never worked for us, but it works for a lot of people. How often can you do those? How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. It was basically every month. So you ovulate, right? And in everyday life, when you ovulate, then you get your period like two weeks later or like shortly after. So as soon as I got my period, I would just have to wait until we're Mm -hmm. ovulating again and then boom. So it was like pretty, that part was pretty fast. So it was like super disappointing. Like, oh, it failed. However, got my period. We got to start again in like two weeks. But like, I just remember I was like constantly on hormones. So I was constantly like sitting 10 pounds above my weight, which was hard after competing, then being like facing infertility, then being put on medications where I was feeling uncomfortable. Like I remember we went to Hawaii after our fourth failed IUI and we were waiting to see if we were pregnant in Hawaii. I was at 142 pounds. For me, that's a lot. I felt it. I was hoping I was pregnant. I wasn't drinking because I was like, maybe we're pregnant. And then I got my period there. Oh gosh. And I was just like, uh, I feel disgusting. I missed out on my ties. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't look cute on oh, my swimsuit. Yeah. We're not pregnant. Yeah. Like where do we go from here? And so then we moved from IUIs to IVF. So IVF is where you actually harvest your eggs. Then they fertilize your eggs with the sperm so they become embryos. And then we did every genetic test possible to make sure that they would survive over a length amount of time to already check for Down syndrome, to find out the gender. Like we did every test possible and we got really lucky. We fertilized, like we had eight strong embryos out of the whole process. And like they were able to retrieve 21 eggs, but then 17 of them lasted a couple days. And then 12 of them lasted genetic testing. And then eight of them were like the final survivors. So we call them the strong eight. And we had five girls and three boys. And so we did our first IVF transfer in March of 2020, which was the start of the pandemic. And that one failed. That was a boy. And I was just like completely like distraught. Like this was supposed to be successful. Mm. Like this is such a higher success rate. What is happening? Why can't I get pregnant? And we ended up doing a biopsy that showed I had like chronic endometriitis on my uterus, which was inflammation. And it's something that you could be living with and not even know. Yeah. Um, And they only found out through the biopsy. So my doctor recommended a DNC, which is a surgery to get rid of it. And then basically she called it a spring cleaning so that we could do a transfer pretty short after. And my uterus would be like, like clean as can be, nothing wrong with it. And our baby implanted in June of 2020. And that is Ranger who is now 17 months old. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's four years of trying. Almost three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then just like circle back to this year, 2022, secondary infertility. Again, we tried naturally for six months after I stopped breastfeeding Ranger. Nothing was working. 
I retested that biopsy just to be proactive, and I had the chronic endometriitis again. Dang. Is this something that women can just go, even if they're not trying to get pregnant, should women go and do this and research and like see if they have it? Or is that just, what is the process for that? I feel like, I mean, I wouldn't have even known that this, like I was kind of wondering why didn't they do this before our first transfer, before anything. And my doctor basically said, well, we don't do this until something's wrong. And I guess that makes sense. They don't put you through unnecessary tests. But like looking back, I was like, did I have any symptoms? And there was one part of my life and during my husband and I's relationship, TMI, but like I would bleed sometimes when we would have Mm. sex. So I was like, maybe that had something to do with it. But, and that has never happened since, like even postpartum. So Mm. maybe that could have been a part of it. But other than that, you know, I didn't have any like frequent UTIs or like anything uncomfortable, like everything seemed normal. So, but we did the biopsy again before we transferred another baby mm-hmm. in june of 2022 and yeah. it worked so, so we're it just currently has... almost 14 yeah weeks i know and i think that a lot of women I'm, obviously i've never tried to and like for you i could go in and be like okay i'm gonna go try and get pregnant and then like it not work you know so a lot of people don't yeah. know until they try obviously and some people obviously don't mean to and get pregnant but yeah I think for a lot of women, it is that like unknown of like, I don't have, they want like something to validate why they can't. Like, I don't have symptoms of anything. I don't this, I don't that. I don't feel any different, but yet I can't do the one thing that a woman is supposed to be doing or whatever on this earth to do. So yeah, for you, I mean, the emotional toll of just like, like what was like the main emotion you were having? Was it like guilt or shame or? I just felt incapable and like disappointed in my body, just going back to that woman, not being able to get pregnant. And also as a personal trainer and nutrition specialist, I was like, this doesn't connect. Like I, I know I take care of myself really well. I live the lifestyle that I preach and that I believe in. And, you know, it just goes beyond it's so much more than we can control. Of course, we can be proactive. And that's what I continue to try to do. But infertility does not discriminate. Right. And it affects so many people. And the worst part about it is not everyone has a, an answer. And I personally think the chronic endometriitis was my culprit. Yeah. But still, the doctors still don't know for yeah. sure if that's the reason. And that's why it's like modern medicine is so fascinating. However, there's still no guarantees. There's still no definite answers and stuff like that. So I think that was just like the hardest part. And I, you know, I wanted to give my husband a child and I kept thinking, what if I can't, you know, like, are we going to have to go a different route and adopt? Can we handle that? Can we live a child-free life? You know, there was just a lot of, like, it was hard to not think that way because I needed I needed another option to keep going. So eventually I had to start opening my, you know, opening the door to different opportunities to have children. Um, But that was definitely hard for me because I was like, I I want one genetically myself. Mm -hmm. Maybe that will change in the future. But I was like, we can do this. And just got so blessed that it finally worked. You kept, you definitely kept fighting. (laughs) I mean, most people (laughs) would probably have given up after a couple of years. Maybe not. I don't know. But you know. And I know women like that just through sharing our journey here, just like I shared my fitness competition. Like I wanted to share to connect, to help people feel like they weren't alone. Also to help me get through it because I was like, I felt like I was alone because it is an isolating journey. Um, And so I connected with a lot of women and I know women that have gone through like seven IVFs and I don't know if I could have handled that. It's a lot. It like delegates your entire life. Yeah. It's very like, again, a routine thing with like your shots and your hormones. And I don't, I don't know the process of doctor's appointments and all that, but yeah. 
It's a lot. Like when you're in it, you're like at the doctor like every other day. Even when I visited you in Colorado for my birthday oh, yeah. this year, I had to go get my, you took me to yeah, get my blood drawn. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it had to happen yeah, that day. It's like, so crazy how detailed uh, it can be yeah. too and how they know all that. And again, science and modern medicine is crazy. And like, I can't even imagine what people did back in the day when stuff like this was happening. But that brings an interesting conversation too. We don't have to dig too deep into, but like infertility, like wasn't as big of a thing. Like when my mom was growing up and stuff, or like when she was a young mom. So to me, I, I personally think it has to do to environmental factors and our food. Just like, even when you try to eat healthy, there's still so much crap in everything we eat. Even if you buy organic chicken, you don't actually know if it's organic. The FDA has so much flexibility when it comes to their labels. So it's like, It's just, I think that's what it has to do with because when we were growing up as kids, we ate, my mom didn't know better. There was no diet culture. So we ate fish sticks. We ate corn dogs, like Lunchables every day. And so, and then you see the biggest reaction of infertility. Like I feel like in around, you know, my age group. So to me, it's either something like that or whatever's in the air. Oh no, it has to be. It's food for sure. They're (laughs) manufacturing food like left and right all the time. And you know, and so now you have your, um, your pregnancy program so I don't know if that's more of like your passion now or but yeah I mean like with my clients I always say like the number one thing I say is like the quote I use is if your great great grandmother did not recognize it as food it's probably not food like just because you put it in your mouth and you can chew it and eat it and swallow it doesn't make it food you know it's like literally man-made so that's the number one rule I stick to is like whole food you know not so Mm -hmm. many ingredients when people like well I found this bread that you know they just came out with and like do you think they just like now discovered a new bread? Like, no, <laughs> like stop no. eating things that were like had have just come out. It's probably not good for you. I know. So that's like the oh. number one rule I follow personally with, with me and my clients. But um, yeah, I mean, what would you say to a woman who is struggling with infertility right now? I mean, just based on your experience or any advice you could give give her I would say number one thing is to lean on your community just because it can feel so isolating and lonely even with my partner like Ryan was great but he didn't fully understand what I was going through mentally and physically so to lean on him for the support that they needed but also to reach out to any other woman that you know might have gone through it that will help you because there's just strength in numbers so just lean on your community from the people closest to you to people that maybe strangers but can empathize with what you went through listen to your team know that they're by your side i know People could use like IVF doctors like I did, but you could also find like a natural medicine practitioner or someone like that. Like just find something that aligns with you and your goals and obviously financially and just just know that like this is temporary, that there's hope on the other side and you just have to keep fighting. And if for some reason you can't end up having a child, there are other ways through adoption, through child free, through, you know, just like you'll find, you'll find your purpose and you'll find your answer at yeah, some point. Yeah, I love that. Well, yeah, I'm so glad it worked for you. I mean, how has it been with a one-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> he's wild. We're just into the stage of like tantrums. Like he's pushing, he loves his grocery cart right now and he's pushing it. But if like there's something in his way and he can't keep pushing, he just throws it and starts crying. 
So like he is just getting this little temper, but he's also a lover. I can't get over the fact when he comes up to me and goes, mama, mama, and then just hugs me. And so it's just amazing yeah. to see him develop and like his interests. He's obsessed with cars. It's just, you, they figure out what they love. He loves to dance. He loves to eat. <laughs> so it's been a lot of fun, but definitely being pregnant again with a toddler and then my business being like the best spot it could be. I am exhausted, but um, you just find a way to pull out energy and do what you want to do. And time management, like you said, comes back to time management. Um, and yeah, you just you just figure Luckily it out. Luckily for you, though, you just like you wake up and yes, you have a lot on your plate, but it's like everything you do is things that you love to do. So I can't mm-hmm. imagine waking up and having kids, but having to wake up and not go to do something that I was passionate about or like it was I felt like my purpose or you know like that's why I think we're so blessed with what we get to do is like it is a lot but it's like you're enjoying it all day long (laughs) yes and I work from home so I get to see my son often like Ryan and I talk about all the time because we live so close to New York City how do parents do it when they go to the city and have to take the train in like you have to leave at like 6 30 in the morning you're not home till 7 30 you miss everything we are blessed because we're here for everything and then my mom lives with us right now and she will until our next baby would get a handle of two so we are just like beyond blessed because ryan and i can go on date night like there's three adults in here for one child like we can do this yes totally that's that's such a blessing so since you obviously did go through you know so many different parts of fitness and health if someone a young woman came to you or you knew someone that was like I want to do a fitness competition and she's like in her younger 20s or so like what would you tell her and any advice of the right way to do it or what you learned I would say make your goals very clear and to find someone who aligns with the balance of yes you can train hard for a goal but you can also maintain like a healthier lifestyle like there's got to be some balance there so i know it's probably hard to find like a coach because bodybuilding coaches are going to be bodybuilding coaches but i feel like you should just think about life in long term so instead of just like this Mm -hmm. quick fitness goal to like get quick results just like everyone wants a diet to get quick results it just doesn't work like that think long term think about your future think about getting there maybe at a slower pace than just trying to like diet down to be Billiness as possible. Like life is so much more than just one competition. So I just feel like make sure that this is really what you want to do and just be like patient and kind with yourself. Like, yes, you do have a goal and you're going to get to that goal, but know that there's also life on the other side. And like, I don't want people to miss out on things just because of a competition. It may be temporary and yes, you have to make sacrifices, but like not going on a date for two years, that's just like not acceptable. Like you can find like a little balance in there. Maybe do a different date that's not always revolved around food, but I was just so zoned in at the time. So just enjoy life while chasing those goals because we all put so much pressure on ourselves. Totally, totally. And again, I didn't do one for very long. But yeah, like you said, you could do a lot of damage in a short amount of time if you really, if you really just go too hard, you know? So I, I always like to say like consistency over intensity like start yeah but just don't think you have to go zero to a hundred and stay there and like not enjoy the process because being healthy and fit is so much fun if you really just allow it to be um as opposed to like you know something that is not fun or a, a chore or um something that you just have to do like I have to wake up and blah 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 so yeah just again yeah. just balance and like you're so much more balanced now and and I feel like you look like 
the best ever, honestly. And like you're the most balanced, <laughs> but like you look the best ever. Yeah. So, and I feel like that does come down to like taking off some of that pressure, which is hard when you're younger because everyone has that kind of pressure. But like, you know, now that you're like, I'm an adult and I have a family, like other things are more yeah. important. And then I just feel like it's a reflection. And I know you talk about this a lot. Like when you commit to your health on a consistent basis, like your progress is a reflection yeah. of that. And that's the best part is like, yes, I want progress, but like, I feel like my progress is better when I'm just living the life that I preach and love. Like when you commit to those habits, they just become a part of your routine and it's game over. Like that's just how you live. And so it's nice that I finally found that place where I'm comfortable without so much pressure. And I feel like that's why I can like relate to people because I'm not the shredded personal trainer that you will see on Instagram. I'm the realistic mom who works every single day, who likes to eat healthy, but also likes to go eat a bagel and cream cheese. Like I have a balance and I want people to have that because that's more realistic and sustainable. Totally. Like you said, um, I kind of call it the path of least resistance or not having resistance because when you, again, aren't, when you're thinking about something so hard, you're just putting more resistance to it. So if you're like Mm -hmm. doing something, but you're also at the same time not thinking about it, it's like, it just comes naturally and there's no resistance. So don't put so much like, it's kind of like pressure or resistance, like any goal you have, just like desire it and want it and like take the daily inspired action, but don't constantly have it in the back of your mind. Like, again, it's just causing resistance. And then that creates a lot of contrast. And then it just seems harder to come up against. So, so how do you inspire women today? And then talk about about where people can find you, your offers, what do you do? Um, let's talk about that. I just love to inspire women to just make themselves a priority. At the end of the day, I want people to feel happy. I want people to feel fulfilled, to have joy in their life, to know that they are confident in their body because they take care of it, to know that they prioritize movement, even with life's chaos. I just want people to feel good. That is my <laughs> number one goal. So if I can help people like fine tune their habits and, you know, inspire them with more creative meals that make them excited to eat or share workouts that are high intense, but also like sculpting and toning and quick and efficient. You have to live in the gym to get results. Like that's what I want. So, and then I also talk a lot about self care. Like I have a daily gratitude mm-hmm. journal launching yes. very soon. We'll link that and in the show notes. I know. Yes. yes. And you got to be one of my testers. And um, honestly, like daily gratitude has changed my life. I started it when I was battling infertility and then it's just become like a practice that I, if I don't do it, I feel the void. So um, self-care is a huge part of my programs as well. So you can find me on Instagram at leg, L-E-G-G underscore day. My business is leg day fitness. (laughs) Same with facebook.com slash leg day. And then my new exciting project, which will be linked to my website, legday.com. I'm offering an online membership program. So I'm just one person. So I have felt the intensity of having to train so many people and I can only take on so much because I want to be able to have a mom balance too and not always be working all day, all night. So to be able to train more people, I'm creating this online membership program. So I'm going to have workouts that are done like in real time with me that people can do at their own leisure. And then you can cook with me. I've filmed a bunch of recipes. I have stretches in there. Um, I have self-care strategies. So basically it's just going to be like a one hub platform for like all the things that can help you up level your life and make yourself a priority. So um, there's going to be a monthly membership and an annual. So people have options. And yeah, so that will be linked to my website. I'm launching September 9th. Awesome. 
Awesome. Well, that's perfect. So this episode is just in time for that. So make sure I'll link all that in the show notes, how you can follow her, um, all of her social and her new membership, which is going to be so awesome. I know you put a lot, a lot of time in that. And I know people do like that. Like I used to give people workouts, but they wanted it where I was working out with them like you are doing. Like I was like, I'm sorry. I'm just going to give you the demonstration. (laughs) Here's how you do it. Like time it. I don't know. So anyway, so I love that you're doing all that. So that's so awesome. I am so glad we had this conversation. Um, One of my good, good friends. Again, travel buddies. Like we are obsessed with traveling. Where are we going to meet next? I think I'm coming to you next. Well, actually, I think we might be coming to you now. If you saw the recent text. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Wait. Rachel was like, maybe I can come to you. And I'm like, well, maybe I can too, because it's so close for me to fly to you. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Yes. And then you'll fly to me for our baby shower. So that will be fun. Okay. But you haven't revealed the gender. Not yet. So that's also coming. So I also have a digital magazine called Ashley oh, Marie. Right. And I try to issue a fall issue, a holiday shopping guide, and then spring summer together. So my fall magazine launches around the first day of fall, which is September 22nd. And I'm going to announce in there. Oh, so I'm really excited. <laughs> all right. So she has one boy. So we're going to wait to see what the next one is. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for talking about all things health, fitness, competitions, IVF, um, and, you know, infertility, balanced lifestyle. It's just a lot of women go through it, but a lot of people don't have the help that they need or the support. So thank you for sharing. And I can't wait to see you next. All right. Me too. Thanks for having me. That was amazing. All right. Bye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.